at www.freeadmissionfo.com, also on iTunes. My name is JP Nichols. Here to talk about something a bit random today. I like random every now and then, and especially in the world of professional wrestling, there's a lot of random out there. And in the lovely state of Florida, there's a brand new, well, not necessarily sure if I'd say brand new, but arguably brand new wrestling promotion that has been running in the state of Florida since the month of July. And I know that there's quite a bit of uh, wrestling niches out there, so to speak, such as, as an example, Japanese professional wrestling, whether it be New Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Noah, Dragon Gate, All Japan, DDT, etc. Uh, it's really a bit of something that's like an acquired taste. And not something that, like, whether it be the a mainstream wrestling fan or even someone that sort of, like, strictly watches things, such as Ring of Honor, may necessarily go out of their way to watch, unless, like how Ring of Honor did back in the day, they put it out there for fans to see mixed in with the current Ring of Honor product. And another bit of a niche wrestling market that doesn't get nearly as much attention as even uh, Puro does is the world of women's wrestling. Uh, obviously, we get promotions like Shimmer, which I used to uh, watch quite a bit, but have recently fallen out in recent years, besides a random match from here and there. And then you have some other promotions, such as WSU, etc. Uh, AIW occasionally does random women's shows. And recently, uh, during the summer, we had a promotion that started up in Florida called Shine. And I've actually now attended three of the four Shine shows... Uh, up to this point. I was supposed to be at the first one, but due to sickness, I was unable to attend. But I have to say that now, out of the three or four shows that I attended, it is quickly becoming one of my favorite promotions to attend. Obviously, for those of you that know, I attend uh, TNA quite a bit, I attend NXT events quite a bit, and then I usually attend the occasional random Florida indie show here or there from promotions such as Vintage and uh, PWX down here. But uh, Shine has quickly become uh, just an absolutely wonderful promotion to attend, and I'm actually going to talk about the promotion itself as well as their most recent show. So, uh, Shine is now four shows in since July, which was main evented by Sarah Del Rey versus Jazz in one of Del Sarah Del Rey's last independent matches before going on to uh, work for WWE. And I have not seen that show unfold. So now, actually, the only show that I've not seen, naturally, since it was also the only show I didn't attend. But from all accounts, from what I heard, that uh, show was actually very, very good. I know that another match on there that was apparently quite great was uh, Nikki Rocks, the former Roxy of TNA, versus uh, Rain, actually. Which, when you put a pairing like that together, of course, that is, it's going to come out working completely wonderfully. And throughout the promotion, we've actually seen quite a few random names. It's actually comparable to another Florida indie, uh, one that I hold very dearly to my heart over the years in FIP, which uh, in 2007, with FIP as an example, every double shot for every month, like, as an example, uh, in the month of February 2007, we, or actually, no, excuse me, May of 2007, that was when guys from IWA Mid-South at the time, such as Tyler Black, Marek Brave, Danny Daniels, Trick Davis, uh, would randomly actually come down, and then the month after, you would get names like Chikara Talent, such as Jigsaw, Halawicka, Granakuma, even Eddie Kingston, and it was a bunch of interchangeable talent there. On top of the fact that you would have uh, your... Uh, 
random big names that would actually stick around quite regularly, such as a Larry Sweeney type. And that's sort of what I'm seeing now in Shine present day, because on the past few shows, we've gotten some very random names. Uh, like, uh, as an example, on Shine 2, we actually had uh, TNA Gut Check talent, Taylor Hendricks, as well as uh, Lady Jojo, also known as Sojourner Bolt from TNA. And then on Shine 3, we'd have like a few other random names in place for them, such as uh, uh, Jamie Jameson, who was actually on the first show. There's like a very uh, very random exchange of talent, which I actually think is very refreshing for wrestling today in general, not just for women's wrestling, but because I know that one of the bigger complaints about wrestling today, particularly independent wrestling, is that it can grow very stagnant after a while, but with the way that like Shine has been working, they've been keeping like very, very uh, core top group of talent, such as Jazz has been on every show, Reigns has been on every show, uh, the tag team of Maiden Sin, who are Allison Kay and Taylor Maid, also now managed by April Hunter, has been on every show, Jessica Havoc, who I actually was not very familiar with until I attended Shine 2, and she has quickly become one of my favorite wrestlers, and not just women's wrestling, but in the entire wrestling business today just because of how awesome she is, and I feel like anyone who considers himself to be a fan of Sarah Del Rey's work, who has not seen Jessica Havoc before, would should really go out of their way to seek out one of her matches, because she is perfectly able to fill the void that Sarah Del Rey had left with the way that she wrestles. And it's just become like a very easy promotion to watch, because uh, out of the three shows that I've attended, uh, none of them have had intermission, they've all gone about an even two hours, Every match feels completely different from the last one. And they've all had a very simple build in terms of feuds, such as um, on Shine 2, we had a main event of Mercedes, Martinez, and Jazz, which ended up going to a no contest on account of the fact that they had brawled all around the building, and it was became so chaotic that they actually had to stop the match. And it led to uh, there being a... A, I want to say uh, well, just a restraining order from the two of them coming even relatively close to each other or even uh, attacking one another or else either of them would be fined. And of course, you know, anyone has to know that eventually the two of them are going to get in the ring again. But it's simple things like that that I actually really like in wrestling and it's not exactly something that's very common in a lot of the top independent companies right now. And then you'll even have, like, as another example, on Shine 2, uh, where I first saw Jessica Havoc, she wrestled uh, Rebby Sky, and she completely demolished Rebby Sky uh, post-match and left her just in a, a pile on the ground, and it caused uh, Rebby Sky to miss Shine 3, and then she came back at Shine 4 and came back and attacked Jessica Havoc after her match with Leva Bates. And it's just a bunch of really simple booking like this can go a long way, and especially when you have such a colorful roster of uh, wrestlers, it really just goes a long way in terms of making your promotion very fun to, and to watch, and actually it should encourage fans to pick up each show after the next, well, show after show. And on that note, I guess I should I should actually get into Shine Four Thoughts since that was just last Friday. And well, I don't necessarily feel as, I I I guess I should say also my rankings of the show. Uh, one of my friends that was present with me uh, at Shine Two actually felt that Shine Two was stronger than the first one, uh, which had quite a few really good matches on it. Like uh, 
Uh, the previously mentioned Jessica Havoc and Rebby Sky was really good on the show. You had uh, Mercedes Martinez and Jazz, which was incredibly chaotic. Uh, you had uh, Sassy Steffi and Mia Yim, which ended up being a very good contest. And it really was just a very consistent card. And then on uh, Shine 3, you had some matches that I felt were even stronger than a lot of the ones on Shine 2, such as uh, probably the most noteworthy of the bunch was me, Yim, and Jessica Havoc, which was an incredible spectacle, resulting in things such as me, Yim, doing a moonsault to the outside of the ring. And actually one thing, uh, not to steer off topic, but one thing I do want to talk about as well is that the venue for this place is incredibly awesome. They, um... Actually, Evolve uh, 14 actually uh, was the first wrestling show, to my knowledge, that I can remember of at least, that has ran this venue. I'm not sure if uh, FUW has ran this place before in the past. I could be wrong in that regard, but at least on iPay-Per-View, Evolve 14 was the first place to run it. It's a very tiny place. It could probably seat about 200 people. And with how tiny it is, it sounds like a thousand. Like, in a sense, uh, for all the PWG lovers out there, it can be very comparable to the Reseda venue uh, that is uh, absolutely adored by wrestling fans in terms of it's just a very, very tiny place, and it is a very fun place to attend shows. I mean, I've now attended four shows there between Evolve and the three shines I've attended, and it has just become one of my favorite venues to actually go to. But, um... Going back in uh, to Shine 3, you also had matches like Jamie Jameson and Mercedes Martinez, which was really good. And you had like a very technical contest between, uh, excuse me, uh, Rain and Mercedes, uh, Rain and Jazz on top. So you're getting a bunch of really unique matches on the show that you can't really see anywhere else, even in a place like Shimmer. And then uh, one of the uh, on Nota Shimmer, one of the main uh, drawing aspects for Shine Four was actually that the Shimmer Championship was defended on this show. Soraya Knight, uh, mother of WWE developmental diva Paige, or I should say anti diva, since that is what she calls herself. But regardless of the fact, uh, it was Soraya Knight making her first Shimmer title defense in Shine against Jazz. And on top of that, below the card, I, or below that, I guess I should say, you had matches such as uh, Jessica Havoc versus Leva Bates, in which was uh, hyped as a zombie killer versus a zombie killer match. You had uh, Rain versus Christina Von Erie, as well as uh, a bunch of other very good matches throughout the show. So we're going to get right into it. But to start off the show, we actually had a 10-bell salute for Florida uh, Championship Wrestling of Florida alumna Mike Graham, who had passed away earlier in the day who uh, was part of really getting WWN Live, or at the time known as World Wrestling Network, started up over 10 years ago. And they wanted to pay tribute to him on his untimely death, which was a very nice moment, uh, very classy for everyone in Shine to do that. And then our first match of the night was Sue Young versus the debuting Rio O'Reilly. And that's one of the things that I actually, like, really like about China. I think I briefly touched on it earlier, but it's like they bring in so many random names that, like, you're, you're not very accustomed to seeing. And then on top of that, they'll even take, like, uh, some local talent, such as, like, Kimberly, who is one I'll get into in the next match, and they'll uh, put them together, and you won't really get to see something like that anywhere else necessarily. And in the opening match, we had Sue Young versus Rio O'Reilly, which... Um, I have to say, one of the main compliments as well about Shine's roster is that pretty much all of the, uh, well, the, uh, I hate to even use words like this, but all the heels that are on there 
uh, on the roster are very, very, very funny, <laughs> which is especially good when you're in the venue. You can you, you can listen to all the funny things that they have to say. Like uh, Rio O'Reilly was very funny. Uh, Made in Sin are always hysterical to listen to with April Hunter. Jessica Havoc's uh, screaming at the audience is always hysterical, and something I'll get into later in the night. Soraya Knight giving uh, a fan one of the biggest whooping verbal whoopings I've ever seen in my life was also very awesome. So props to all of them, to say the least. But this is a good match. Uh, Sue Young, uh, I think, it was like really, really good. She almost like I mean, you know, she reminds me of Mia Yim when I first saw Mia Yim start out in terms of she has a lot of really flashy offense and I feel like with time she'll become even better and Rio O'Reilly was very enjoyable to say the least and Sue Young actually won with a move that I'm not really ever sure I've seen before until she actually did it where it was almost like a lung blower soul food combination where she grabbed uh, Rio's arms and pulled them back and then uh, fell to the mat with her feet going into Rio's back. So that was like very nifty to see, and Sue Young actually won with that. So, like I said, good opener. And then we got to our second match of the night, which was Brandy Wine, who's been in the business for a very long time, to my recollection, and I've never seen before until tonight, versus Kimberly, who's a uh, from Florida, actually. And it was another good match on the show. Brandy Wine actually was one that I should have mentioned earlier in terms of the people that are very, very funny. And it was a very uh, veteran versus uh, newer talent kind of match. Uh, Kimberly brought it in with some very good offense. And actually, at one point, she actually had the match completely won. But the story, one story here with Shine that I actually didn't even talk about was the fact that since the first show, Kimberly has been able to not win, or has not been able to win a match since the very first show. And in this case here, after she had thought she had the match won, she let a bit of a rookie mistake at the best of her, and Brandywine caught her with a roll-up, and caught uh, Kimberly completely off guard and actually won the match, and caused Kimberly to throw a fit. And... Usually, I know most people would be like, oh, fruit roll-up uh, fruit roll is typically the term for it, and be like, why, why, why would you do something like that? But in the context of the way that they're building Kimberly, it's actually making it like very enjoyable to see her uh, see this happen, because the whole story is that she can't get a win, and in a case like this, where she thought she had won, and she uh, was not at all prepared for it, it made it very, it was a very apropos finish to the match. And it's very interesting to see just where exactly this will go until Kimberly manages to get her big win when the time comes. We had, uh, uh, actually, the return of Rebby Sky, as I mentioned earlier in the show, versus the rate tank Kelly Skater. Which, uh, I've, I, again, much like Rio O'Reilly earlier in the show, I had not seen before. But again, really enjoyed her presence. And I have to say about Rebby Sky, considering I was really first exposed to Rebby through some of the Evolves and uh, Dragon Gate when she managed to show up simply as like a woman to attend uh, with Trina Michaels. And I have to say, me personally, I was not very welcome of her there at the time. But, in all honesty, she has come a very long way since that time, so she has gone through a lot of wrestling training. And I'm not at all saying that she's, like, one of the elite, like, a Sarah Del Rey, as an example, but she is really coming to her own and is, like, a very enjoyable wrestler to watch. Even if, uh, 
you know, it was a bit too much, you know, Matt Hardy references thrown in there, such as her winning this match with a twist of fate. But I completely understand why she does that, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but props to her for really just uh, managing to go out there, get the training that she needs, and managing to become a very enjoyable wrestler to watch. Especially when she, I, you know, I'm not going to talk about this too much on here, but I know that she's uh, been going through a lot of criticism from some uh, other wrestling alumna as of late. So, as I mentioned, props to her. We had uh, Rain versus Christina Von Eri in our fourth match of the night, which <laughs> I know I've said I said this for Rio Riley earlier, but I Rain is someone that I really should have mentioned, considering Rain has always been someone who. Uh, ever since uh, be first being exposed to her with uh, when she was teaming with Lacey as part of the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew, I've always thought that she has been incredibly underrated and never properly utilized. And it's very unfortunate that in her biggest uh, bit of exposure in TNA wrestling when she was uh, Peyton Banks uh, with uh, Bobby Roode, it was very unfortunate that she got to be paired with uh, feuding with Booker T and Charmel. Because if you had managed to get uh, Rain in there at the time with the type of women's division that they had with the likes of Gil, Kim, uh, Amazing Kong, uh, Roxy, and others, she really could have brought a lot to that division at the time when it was like very, very good. And it's just a total shame because she is very awesome. She's really unlike, honestly, unlike really anyone else in the promote in this in Shine, I should say. Because, I mean, with the way that she's uh, been winning her matches as of late, I mean, she manages to find that random little way to cheat. Although, at Shine 3, she did tap out to Jazz, uh, <laughs> much to her dismay. But that also worked out well for her here because she managed to get a low blow on Von Erie and nailed her with an implant DDT. And another ongoing feud we have had since Shine 2 was uh, Maiden Sin versus Christina Von Erie. Which actually at Shine 2, it was uh, the team of Miz. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this. I just call them Misery, even if they do pr uh, spell it differently, of uh, Mischief and Christina Von Erie, where they had lost to Maiden Sin with an April Hunter debuted and cost them the match. And ever since, Maiden Sin has made it a bit of a living hell for Christina Von Erie, and they made that well known during this. Uh, the post-match here, where they quickly came out and laid out Christina until Davina Rose and Chase and McKenzie made the save. And Christina said that she will be in Japan for her Shine 5, but she'll be back in Shine 6 and she will be bringing back up with her. I honestly, <laughs> it's bad to say, but at first I was thinking Jesse Neal, and I'm like, I don't think Jesse Neal exactly fits the mold of Shine. But I know that some people have been throwing out predictions of someone such as Amazing Kong, who I think would actually be an awesome surprise for a lot of people, and it would be a really great way for her to make her way back into the wrestling scene following her, uh, her I, I suppose I should say, a bit of a disappointing run for obvious reasons in WWE, considering she should have been a lot, uh, lot bigger and more popular than she was, but due to obvious reasons that unfortunately didn't come to surface. But if that does happen to be the case, I know that I'll be pretty happy when that time comes at Shine 6. And that led us to our next match, which was Maiden Sin versus Davina Rose and Chase McKenzie. Also two people that I'm not really familiar with until today, or until the show, excuse me. And it actually was a, honestly one of the more interesting matches up to this point on the show, because... During the first half, uh, Davina Rose and Shazo were mostly dominating Maiden Sin, 
And then they had gone for a bit of a double-team uh, poetry emotion style maneuver where it was going to be... Uh, I believe it was Davina running off Shazo's back and was going to do a crossbody, but they didn't quite get it entirely, and usually this would be the type where a stupid wrestling fan would just say, oh, I messed up and whatnot, but it actually ended up uh, really playing into the match because from that point on, Maiden Sin completely dominated the two of them, and it made me curious, like, oh, well, you know, a simple mistake like this can completely change the entire way that a match works, and that's exactly what happened here. And it actually ended up making it for a very enjoyable tag match. And actually, at one point, I thought that Davina and Shazam might actually get the win here, because April Hunter got uh, thrown out and sent to the back, but Maiden Sin managed to uh, overcome that and managed to pin, I cannot remember which of the two, but they... Made the pinfall via their seventh deadly sin finisher, which is a bit of a wheelbarrow uh, diamond cutter double team, which is uh, particularly devastating looking. And Maiden Center continuing to be undefeated for Vincent to shine. We then had our sixth match, which was uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Santana, who is uh, another Florida talent who I believe actually, uh, based off her uh, performances in Shine, actually just got added to the upcoming Shimmer tapings this weekend. And this is, I mean, Santana's actually put in some very good performances, but uh, I think she just had a bit of a rough night with this one because she and Mercedes just never really clicked. But Mercedes, needless to say, demolished her uh, pretty right, uh, just decisively, finishing her off with a fisherman's buster and just leaving Santana in a complete daze from that. And it was more or less a pretty quick squash, and it really was probably the overall, I mean, if you're going to ask, like, what was the weakest match of the show, it would probably be this one. But with the fact that Mercedes needed a win coming off of her surprise loss to Jamie Jameson at the previous show, as well as her, you know, ever big quest to get another match of Jazz, it was definitely necessary, and it was a perfectly fine match for what it was supposed to be. We then had what I would probably say was my most anticipated match of the night, which was Jessica Havoc versus Leva Bates. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Leva Bates, uh, I suppose you could say her main gimmick is that she's a bit of a cosplayer in that sense, and uh, for those of you who also aren't aware, Jessica Havoc is a gigantic Resident Evil fan, and in fact has had some of her gear formed after Jill Valentine from Resident Evil Games, and she used that gear here while... Leva Bates uh, dressed up as Alice from the Resident Evil films, and if you're asking my opinion, uh, I would certainly say that Jill Valentine over Alice by, like, a large margin. That's just my opinion, though. But this match was actually probably the best match I have seen out of Leva Bates, and I've uh, seen her quite a bit uh, on the Florida scene since about 2008. And I thought that it just ended up telling a perfectly good story from actually what I had even heard uh, commentator uh, Lenny Leonard actually even managed to make the story even better on the iPay-Per-View feed, which actually makes me want to see the show even more again because of that. And Jessica Havoc just completely demolished uh, Leva, but Leva managed to actually make a pretty solid comeback, managing to hit uh, slight spread number two on uh, Havoc, but Havoc eventually just... Uh, completely overwhelmed her and dropped her with the demon drop, which was an air raid crash, and got the victory, which is now making her th uh, three in a row after defeating Rebby Sky, uh, Mia Yim, and sending her to Japan, and then now beating Leva Bates. 
and after the match, Havoc was going to demolish Leva some more with a chair, but Rebu Sky managed to come out and hit Havoc with a chair for a few, like a few times in a row, and uh, Havoc looked on and just simply laughed at this. And you know that there's going to be a rematch there, potentially even at Shine 5, which remains to be seen. And then we had our big main event of the night, which was uh, Soraya Knight, the Shimmer Champion, versus uh, Jazz. And I, again, like I said, I have not seen Shimmer in quite some time. Like, it's been a long time since I watched a full show. But from when I did regularly watch it, and from the random matches that I have seen in recent times, I would probably go out of my way to say that this is unlike any Shimmer title match I have personally seen. Because, I, and honestly, completely unlike what I expected this match to be. Well, actually, I should say before the match, because this is my first time seeing uh, Soraya Knight live before, and I did not quite know what to expect in terms of like how she would present herself, because this show happened to be on the day of her birthday and whatnot, and I knew that a lot, probably a few fans would probably pick up on that, and so I figured that she'd probably bit, get a bit of a happy reaction. But when she came out, she made her presence known that she was not there to please anyone but herself. And she demolished a few fans verbally in ways that I have not heard in a long time. And, like This is coming from someone who I've seen wrestlers like Christopher Daniels and Kevin Steen, even CM Punk back in the day, completely wreck fans before. And Soraya Knight, this poor fan, I... I, I can't even really repeat some of the things that she said to this guy. It was just uh, a complete wreck. <laughs> I felt so bad for him, but at the same time, I could not help but laugh at some of the things she was saying. And I, back, getting back to this match, though, it was a complete massacre. And I rarely use that word, but that's the only way that I can truly describe this match. Because these two went all over the Orpheum, managing to... Uh, fight across the bar, managing to actually fight their way and brawl each other into an ATM, spill a bunch of trash everywhere, actually managed to almost break the door to the venue uh, by throwing each other into it. It was just complete, complete mayhem. And unfortunately, I mean, this is a bit of a downside, I mean, to me, even though I understand why they did it. Uh, Jazz actually managed to hit the Jazz Stinger on Sarai, and it looked like she had it won, until Mercedes Martinez ran out and got on the apron to distract the ref, and then Rain actually showed up and nailed Jazz with a pair of brass knuckles, allowing Sarai to retain, which I honestly didn't quite expect for an ending, but I did not quite know what to expect for an ending going into this. And it leads me to believe that there might be a potential big stable forming uh, with Mercedes Martinez uh, and Rain, and maybe even potentially Soraya if she decides to come back. But it was a very good match to end what was overall a very enjoyable show. I mean, because really there isn't one match that I had a single complaint about throughout the whole night. And when you can say something like that, you know you've had a very successful show. And I honestly feel that way about the last three Shine shows that I've attended, because... Each match feels like it serves a purpose. There's none that are like over. There's none that like really stick out as something that's like, oh my god, this match was not good. Because each match is actually very enjoyable for a different reason. You have such a uh, colorful uh, roster of women on the sh on this uh, pr in this promotion that all provides something very different. 
And it's just completely refreshing for something like this in professional wrestling where, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the audio, where people will like say, oh, the, all this stuff feels exactly the same to me, or it's just like there's not a lot that's different. And here you have a lot of variety, and because of the way that they just decide to interchange talent while keeping a lot of the same ones around, it really works really well, and it has been proven through that, through their last three shows. I mean, when you have names such as Jessica Havoc, who has simply become, like, in a sense, or go-to to have, like, the best match of the show, uh, and then you have, like, random names that they bring in, such as uh, Brandy Wine, Rio O'Reilly, Kelly Skater, who all perfectly earn their way of uh, having a spot on the roster. I mean, there's really not enough that can be said that's positive for this company. And it makes me very happy that this company's in Florida because ever since FIP largely seemed to uh, slow down and not do shows actively anymore, there's been like a longing for like one of those promotions that just sort of random and comes around. Like when Evolve decided to run three shows here in June, like that was something that was completely refreshing due to a lot of the talent that was on that sh those shows, such as El Generico, Johnny Gargano, etc. And now you have a promotion that's completely based out of Florida, and you'll get a chance to see a bunch of random names that you won't get to see before. And then on top of the fact, it allows you to see new talent like how I did with Jessica Havoc, and then it turns you into a gigantic fan of them. And even some people, uh, like going back to Shine 2, uh, like as an example, a lot of people were nuts about Taylor Hendricks after her match with Tara on Impact when she had her gut check match. But seeing her in this match where it was her, uh, Sojourner Bolt, and uh, Heidi Lovelace, the, those three had a very killer match on that show, and I never, even with Sojourner Bolt, I never knew that, like, she was capable of the kind of match that they had, and it was very refreshing to see, and it actually made me, like, happy to see them on this show after, like, you know, years of not necessarily being a fan of their work, and then they come here, and then they managed to put on a, a very great performance. And that's the type of thing that I've come to expect now from Shine, and uh, because now we got two Shine events coming up, one being Shine 5, uh, which is going to be on November 16th, 2012, and then you're going to have Shine 6 on January 11th, 2013, and it makes me very excited to say that I'm hoping that I can attend both those shows. And if you haven't actually gone out of your way to see any of the previous shines that I just mentioned, whether it be 1, 2, 3, or 4, you can actually order all of them right now on WWNLive.com and see all of them on demand whenever you want. Actually, Shine 1 is actually now on DVD, if I'm correct, and Shine 2 is actually not too far from being on DVD either, so for those of you that actually prefer DVD releases to an on-demand stream, that's also being turned around relatively quickly. And really, I just can't, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm doing nothing but saying positive about it, but that's really all that can be said, because it's just a very fun promotion. Even one thing that I haven't even mentioned was, uh, after the shows, uh, at least all the three shows that I've attended, uh, all the uh, roster goes out uh, to the bar area where they have a bunch of merchandise tables set up, and they all talk and interact with the fans. And they're, everyone's very, very friendly. Uh, even, like, characters such as... Uh, what well, not characters. Even some of the women, such as uh, Maiden Sin, who are usually very... Not exactly the nicest people to fans. Actually take the time to talk to everyone. And uh, let them know how much they're appreciated for coming here. Uh, to attend the shows and support. 
I haven't even gotten to mention that actually Daphne is a ring announcer, who, to say the least, is very awesome <laughs> at that. I mean, she's always been a very fun in-ring talent to watch, and is very different, but she's even just as fun as a ring announcer, b busting out a bunch of random uniforms that she has designed just for the shows. And she is very fun, very interactive with fans as she progresses throughout the night. As far as, like, say, the uh, matches have 47-minute time limits because she said so. She's very funny and just very awesome <laughs> all around. So, really, all I can really say about China is I would like to thank, you know, Daphne, uh, Lexi Fife, uh, Sal, and really just everyone that is uh, involved with the company because it is just a complete refreshment, uh, not just the Florida scene, but in wrestling in general. I mean, when you have uh, companies like Shimmer putting out women's wrestling, and now you have essentially Shine, which is mostly, I would say, uh, very similar to Shimmer, but in a way, it's sort of different because you get a bit more random people that you might not see elsewhere because they're, you know, whether they're from Florida or they're from somewhere else, they'll come in and then they'll be put against uh, bigger name talents such as a Rain, as an example, or a Mercedes Martinez, as matches that you won't really see anywhere else. So I really cannot say enough positive about the promotion, and I'm very excited to say that uh, come uh, November 16th uh, and January 11th, respectively, I will hopefully be in attendance for both Shine 5 and Shine 6, and if you can't be in attendance, by all means, go out of your way to order the high pay-per-views. They're always very crisp on WWN. Uh, they uh, have very good deals on it between uh, whether or not you just want to see it live, whether or not you want to see it live and on demand, or if you want the DVD when it comes out as well. Uh, really, uh, just go out of your way to check out all of it. I can personally vouch for three out of the four shows that Shine has put on so far. I know of that I've, from people that I've talked to that Shine 1 is also likely well worth your money, so at least give one of them a shot. And I imagine that anyone that decides to give it a shot because of listening to this will find themselves enjoying it quite a bit, even if you're the slightest fan of women wrestling and you're not satisfied with what either of the two main promotions are putting out. This will gladly give you everything that you are likely asking for. But that wraps it up for today. Hope you all enjoyed my analysis of Shine 4 as well as just Shine in general. And until next time, I'm JP Nichols. I'll talk to you all again after a while.